This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. I want you to go with me. Once again, we're going to conclude this this morning on the purpose of the family, not just my section, children's responsibilities of the parents. We have one more minister coming behind me who will conclude the purpose of the family and he's going to deal with a different different subject but we're different a different same subject but a different aspect of that subject so right now we're dealing with the children's responsibility to their parents you know and I was going to mention because I'm going to go through the objectives but it looks like and we're going to hit the objectives but it looks like it took a turn for me I'm going to hit the objective but I'm going to hit it in a different angle because, you know, I started thinking about uh, the actual, what am I addressing? I'm not necessarily addressing parents. I'm addressing children. You know, your parents' responsibility to be touched and to be hit. And you'll see your responsibility within that. But we're more addressing the children of the ministry of Church of the Living Water. And if you're visiting, these things can apply to you. But you're going to see something that, that, that straight up that's going to apply to you. That's going to be very simple for you to grasp. And it's not, you know, because there's a lot of details that we will give people from uh, our children from Church of the Living Water from this ministry because they've actually been taught certain things and they can grasp certain things. But there's something that God is going to give you in order for you to actually start that journey because you have to start that journey as it pertains to your children because there's a desired goal that has God has for your children. We made this statement. The call of God to the family is to produce spiritually and emotionally established believers who in turn get God's redemptive work done on the earth. That's the bottom line for raising a child. We started, you know, here in the ministry we know that it's all about raising a godly seed. We want to raise children. And, you know, the thing that also confirmed to me was Friday night's uh, live stream of the, uh, of the uh, of next-gen service. You know, all we saw was children who heard Obeyed and are continuing to hear and obey, and then you hear that. And, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to advise you, and I'm going to tell you again through, through the service. If you're a visitor, if you're someone that doesn't come often, you need to watch that. You need to watch that live stream, because in that live stream, you're going to see evidence of people, of children, of young... Because I want to be honest with you. If you start thinking, and I'm going to address the children in this ministry, you've been here for years the majority of, of, of our children have been here since they were children children. Like each and every one of those that you saw, the three panelists, uh, the young lady that ministered, they have been here since they were children. They're already in their 20s and coming on 30s. They've been here since they were in their small five, six, seven, eight years. Some of them since birth, like Isaiah, uh, who is our pastor's son. He's been here since birth. You know, all these people... They've actually heard, they've been through areas of their life where they had to be disciplined and corrected. But one thing, one thing you can find in them, you can find a consistently of staying put. Regardless of what happened, regardless of what's going on, they stayed put. They had a certain, even though they had, they had problems throughout their, everyone, everyone in this ministry has problems, has gone through things, has dealt with things. But one thing you'll see certain and one thing you'll see sure is that anyone that was up there has actually been through those things and they stayed. And they received. So you're going to see, the, you saw, what you saw there is the result of parents who stayed consistent. 
That was parents who stayed consistent. The word went forth. They had a responsibility to the parents, but the children had a responsibility of their own. And that children, if you notice something about them, as they went forth and they ministered the gospel, they ministered the word, they ministered the word that was in their heart, they ministered to you. They spoke to areas in your life that's like, you know what? You start hearing Elise about her discipline, about planning her day. You start hearing, you start hearing Tyrell about things he was saying about you know, the sacrifices and the things that people, Isaiah was, he was, he was mentioning things about, you know, the, the things about his job and the things he's putting first. All those things are not just automatic for a person. Those are things that they had to learn and discipline and get corrected. Even, even as an adult, I'm still being disciplined and corrected to put Jesus first. And that's, that's the bottom line. The bottom line is we have to come to a place where Jesus Christ is first. And, we, and you'll know, and, I'm gonna, and, I, and it's so interesting, you know in your own heart, nobody, even when you, as a believer, and I'm speaking to Church of the Living Water folks, even as a Church of Living Water individual here in the ministry, nobody has to tell you when you're in, in, you're in uh, disobedience and in rebellion. Nobody has to tell you when you missed a mark. You can come here and you can hear it and be reminded, but God already spoke to you about your, in, your, about your lack of discipline, your, your disobedience. He already spoke to you about those things. And it's about you staying put and knowing how to get it right. That's all it's about. And the thing is, you're going to see, and I will tell you children, examine your father. Walk. Examine your mother. Examine your parents to see how they stayed. To see how they continued. Examine this. You have to examine the sacrifice because then you'll come to a point where you do feel entitled. Like, I'm owed this because I belong here. And you don't, you're not owed anything. Once again, I am not owed anything but God's love, the love of the brethren, discipline and correction. That's all I am owed. And that's all you're owed. You've got to understand that. You know, and I say that sincerely. All you're owed is that when you come here, you come here to hear the voice of God. That's all you do. When you come, when you're, when you're a child in your home, you've got to understand that you're just there because you have to come to a place where you're hearing the voice of God. Ephesians chapter 6. And we'll go through some review because there's a place that I do want to get to. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1. 2 and 3. When you're there, I can hear you. I will hear you all say Amen. And then I want you to put your mark in... No, we won't go there. But you may want to put a mark in Deuteronomy chapter 21 because we will go there towards the end of this. But children... Verse 1 of chapter 6 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Again, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, that thou mayest live long on the earth. And just to touch on some objectives, because I want you to make sure that we hit on them. The first objective was to examine this command. Given Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 through 2. A, who gave it? And B, to whom was it given to? And we will just touch on that shortly this morning, but those are the things that we've been addressing in the last two weeks. Verse, uh, the second objective was to give the child an understanding of how to obey God's command and how to honor their parents. And we pressed on that. We, we touched on those things about how a child needs to honor their parents, and we'll just touch on it briefly again this morning. 
uh, the third objective was to examine the resistance in our midst, the opposition to obeying God's command, and we will do that this morning. And fourthly, to examine how the parent must position their child to hear the voice of God and obey. And this is the objective that I want to hit it at a different aspect. I want to hit it at a different angle. Because it's not necessarily going to show the parents or tell the parents what they need to do to position their child, even though you'll hear it. It's to address the children to examine how they've been positioned in the ministry. The, the parents have a responsibility, but you need to examine how you've been positioned. What measures, what did they do to position you in a place? Like, for example, the, the panelists, uh, the minister on Friday, every one of them, how you've been positioned to hear the voice of God. What went into play? What, what actions took place for you to be positioned to hear God's voice? And those are the things that we want to examine. So as we touched on Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, I made a statement that uh, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And, and I made a statement, and it says, Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee. And I told you that the command itself is, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, honor thy father and thy mother. And he made a statement, for this is right. And I, and I submitted to you, and if you examine it, if you go and study it, for this is right just means, for this is righteous, this is just, this is upright. This is in accordance with God's compelling standards. And I, really, and I told you, I really enjoyed how the commentator, how the person defined God's standards as compelling, because it's that which has a powerful and irresistible effect in the life of people. It, that, that's God's compelling standard. It's that which it, it, it requires acute, which is extremely great in serious admiration, respect and attention. It requires that. And see, that's what, that's what you've got to understand, children, is when parents are giving you the Word of God and commanding you, unless you hear it coming from God, you're not going to respect it in that fashion. You're not going to come to it and you're not going to say, you know what, I have to admire that. I have to pay attention to that. I have to respect that. You've got to understand, and I made this statement, I'm making this statement this morning, is obedience and honor was not established by parents or by mankind. When it comes down to parents, children, parent, children relation. That's not established by a parent. A parent, does, where did they get that from? They got that from God. God establishes obedience and honor to parents. They didn't establish that. They're not there saying, you know, you're going to do this because... No, you're going to do this because God ordained it to be that way. He established it in your home for you to be under a parent, to listen, to hear attentively, to obey, to, you know, to, to, to continue in it. It's all up to you. But you have a right. You have that choice. You know, I, and, and, and really, when I start thinking about it, and I've said this last week, it's easy to address a child when they're children. It's reasonably you know this is what you're going to do. This is and you know it's 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 when it's to a point where it's it comes to a point where a child starts developing an opinion of their own. You know where they start developing it, that I know more than you because I have I, I know more about this world. I'm more about this society. Even though they haven't been here that long, even though they haven't been through the things that you've been through, they seem to have an attitude that you don't know as much as they know. Even with the attitude, well, I know that. You know, you know the discipline, the correction you give it. Well, you know, it's interesting how a child will rather admire and respect the opinion of their peers above their parents. And see, you don't understand how that is demonic. 
All that right there is, is of the enemy, it's of the devil. You may think, well, no, no that's, that's just their opinion. They have, to come to a, they have to come to an opinion of their own and they have to come to a decision. And they do have to come to a decision of their own. But the opinion of their own, it should never be an opinion of their own as it pertains to God's standard. Because God's standard gives you what you should think about. It tells you what you're supposed to believe. It tells you what you, how you're supposed to act. It's God's standard. So you come to a point, and I've, I'm telling you, my rebellion, my disobedience came all from peers instructing me and disciplining me. I learned street things from my peers when I should have learned it from home. And I'm talking about every aspect of it. And, I, you know, it's being raised from a, by a single mother. That, that was in a single elder mother that didn't actually have... Those things weren't discussed in her home. Those things weren't addressed in her home. So these things I learned in a very ignorant way. In a very corrupt way. You know, left to the hands of people that I should have never been in. See, but that's not you, Church of the Living Water Children. You have not been left in hands of people that are not for your best interest. And see, that's what I got, I'm getting across. I want you to see it in a different aspect. You have been left in hands of people who have godly influence. Who have heard the, vo- heard the voice of God. Who are instructed in the things of God. Who come on a continual basis. And you may say, well, you know, they don't always get it right. Yet, no, and you will not always get it right either. And you've got to learn from what they did wrong. You've got to learn from it and you've got to see this is God's standard because God's standard is given to your... You hear the same standard your parents are listening to. You're hearing it. You have a right to say this is God's standard. I, 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 I remember a parent telling me one time that their child would, would you know, uh, address them about things that were said in the ministry and it actually kept them on point and say, you know what? You know, that is true. You know, I have, and that was a child. You say, you know what? That's not what they said. You know, so, and, and even though they did it in an ignorant way because they were a child, but... God is able to speak to children just to keep you on point. So these children that I'm talking about are children that have heard the, that are, are being positioned to hear the voice of God. So children obey your parents of the Lord. We talked about honor. Honor is and see that's what I, I, I was I was telling you about honor. Honor just means to make weighty, to make to have something carry weight in your life. And see the opinion of your children. Not sorry, the opinion of your parents should carry the most weight in your life. The most weight in your life. As it pertains to your friends, as it pertains to your peers, as it pertains to your professors, as it pertains to your, to your teachers, regardless of what it is, your children's, your parents' opinion and instruction should carry the most weight in your life. It must carry the most weight. Because see, and I'm speaking, and you may think, well, what if, I, what if my parents are not godly and not following? And I'm going to tell you something. It talks about parents in the Lord. That's not you. Children, that is not you. You are not left in those hands. So you have a responsibility to say, am I going to make their opinion, their instruction in righteousness, am I going to make it weighty? And that word weighty is just, you know, I'm willing not to disregard it. Disregard, and I told you, disregard is just the recipe, a part of the recipe of rebellion. Because you, there's a lack of... A, a due respect that is not given, a due attention that is not given, you're not giving it to them. Because once again, you're influenced by the world. And that's, a, as a believer, I went to, we went to Ephesians chapter 2, it says, for you have been quickened. You know, you have been made alive, though, though, you, though you were dead in your trespasses and sins. And you, see, it also talks about you were children of disobedience. That's who you were. But that's not who you are now. 
as, as a believer in Jesus, there's children in this ministry that have accepted Christ at an early age. And you should be able to grab and say, I am going to obey and I am going to honor. See, that's your choice. That's your decision to obey and to honor. You know, God God will throw it out there. He'll make it known to you. But you have to come to the conclusion that this is, this is God and this is what I need to do. See, it's interesting and we'll touch on this. It's easy to obey and honor when everything's flowing to your, to your favor. Everything is going in your convenience. It's convenient to you. They're telling you things that you want to do. But it comes to a point that they tell you start. And I told you this. I made mention. Great decisions in your life. And it was mentioned, this was mentioned on, uh, on, on Wednesday. The decisions you make, God should, have, God should be in those thoughts. God should be in those thoughts. So I'm going to tell you exactly. The decisions you're making as a child, your parents need to be informed of those things. And I'm talking about as younger adults, you start making decisions, great decisions. That are, you don't have a right to make a decision on your own. And, you, and the world may think, what do you mean they don't have a right to make a decision on your own? You don't even have a right to make a decision on your own. You don't. You make decisions based on somebody else's influence. You chose that influence, and we are people that want to choose God's influence. That's the only thing. See, it's, there's no difference. You may think, well, you know, you're trying to run people's life, but somebody's running yours. Somebody's running your life because you're directed, you're making decisions based on the influence that you've been given. And then you have to look back. Where has this brought me to? Where have I come to? It doesn't matter to the point of, of this. Even at your, if you're at the point of like, God, you know, uh, I'm at this place where I've just made the wrong decision, but I know where to go to. Some people do not know where to go to. And that's, the, that's a, word, that's a, that's a terrible, terrible place to be when you're left to your own devices. You're left all by yourself. And the thing about it, that's where a child will end up at a point in their life when they disobey and when they rebel. They're left to themselves. And then the parents are left to just let God deal with them. And that's exactly what happens, has happened. You can speak to some of these young adults. To some of these adults, you can speak to any of us. And I guarantee you, in our life, there has been decisions where God has to correct us. God had to say, no, you, you did this wrong and this is how you need to do it. This is how you need to address it. This is how you need to stand in it. And, God, and the thing about it, through that, there's still peace. There's still peace in all of that. So, let's go back to... I want to, I want to address something this morning. We're going to address that, that, uh, that uh, objective regarding... To examine the resistance in our midst and to examine how the parents must position their children. I want you to go to... Let's see, are we at a good place? Let me get to my note. Let's go to 1 Samuel. Because I made mention that that's where I wanted you to read. Hopefully some of you had an opportunity to read this. But I want you to see. We want to examine in the last 20-something minutes that we have. We want to examine the sacrifice that the parents have made in this ministry. We go to 1 Samuel chapter 1. And I am going to hit and miss. And when I'm talking about I'm going to read something and go to something. Because I, I really want to address chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3. So I'm going to hit parts of it. So we're going to start at verse 1 and we're going to go through verse 11. Please go to your Bibles. It says, Now there was a certain man of Ramathaim Zophim of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, an Ephrathite. And he had two wives. 
the name of the one was Hannah and the name of the other was Penina and Penina had children but Hannah had no children Hannah was barren and this man went up went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh and the two sons of Eli Hophni and Phinehas the priests of the Lord were there they were there from the beginning and when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, or a double portion. For he loved Hannah. But the Lord had shut up her womb, and we will say Hannah was just barren. Even though they thought God was doing it, the Lord had shut up her womb. And her adversary, which is Penina, also provoked her sore for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her, therefore she wept and did not eat. Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, Why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am not I better to thee than ten sons? So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunken. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she, Hannah, was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on my affliction, of the affliction of thine handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. And there shall no razor come upon his head. We're going to stop there. You know, I want you to just to, to examine what I'm going to tell you. Because I, I wanted to see, you know, you start out this encounter talking about Elkanah, Hannah, and Penina. You know, his wives. And uh, it made the statement in verse 3. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And we will address this again later. But I want you to go to Exodus chapter 23 and 14. Because it's going to give you clarity of when they went to worship. You know, it was, it was commanded by God in Hebrews that, every, that, that, that the, male, the male Hebrews, the male children of the, of the people of God, will appear before the sanctuary on these feasts. And it was not a one-time-a-year feast. There was three feast within that year. There was three feasts within that year. In Exodus chapter 24, we're going to read that. And I'm going to bring you here because I want you to see the sacrifice of these parents. Exodus chapter 24, starting at verse 14. And we're going to read to 17. Are we there? 23, I apologize. Exodus chapter 23, 14 through 17. It says, Three times thou shalt keep a feast unto me in the year. Thou shalt keep the feast of unleavened bread. Thou shalt eat unleavened bread seven days as I commanded thee in the time appointed of the month of Abed. For in it thou camest out of Egypt and none shall appear before me empty. And the feast of harvest, the firstfruits of thy labor, which thou hast sown in the field. And the feast of end gatherings, which is in the end of the year when thou hast gathered in the labors of the field. Three times in the year all thy males shall appear before the Lord God. So it gives you three specific, and in, 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 in this passage of Scripture in Samuel, it actually 
alludes to that scripture. It tells you, it, it, it directs you to that scripture. But as I was, even you start reading commentaries and reading the, the things that you can study behind, it says these Hebrews, these people, they, had, they were supposed to appear three times a year. And as you continue reading, it says this place of worship was in Shiloh, which is 15 miles away from Ramah. Rama, however you say that name, Rama Kaim Zophim. It was 15 miles from there. And you may start thinking to me, I want you to look, I live in Georgetown, we are in Round Rock. I have a, probably a 15 mile trip. That's what I have. I can make it here in 15, 20 minutes. I can make it here. Really, that's not a big sacrifice. That is not. 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 45 minutes is not a big sacrifice. You may think, well, you're a long way. You're aware in Round Rock, Texas, and I'm up here in South Austin. That is not a sacrifice. I want you to understand, this was a sacrifice. These people, 15 miles, and I started just looking into it. These people traveled either by donkey, by camel, or by horse. I want to make it to, to, to uh, I think it was... To make it there, it would take around four hours for a camel to make this trip. He would travel it. Uh, it would take around four hours to make this trip. For a donkey, it was like three hours. For a horse just walking, it would take four hours for them to make that trip. They had no other means. Either they were going to walk or ride something. This brother had family. He would take all his family to this place of worship. This was, and you think about it, how many of you like to make a four-hour trip three times in a year? And not, not such a four-hour trip. That's an eight-hour round trip three times in a year. You made it at the beginning of the year, probably in the middle of the year, and the end of the year. And everybody went, and they went to sacrifice. And through these times, you've got to understand, Hannah was being provoked sore all the time that she went. Every time she went. And you've got to understand about Hebrew females. They wanted to have seed for their, for their, for their husband because it was gonna, it, it, that was going to... It talks about their future generations, their descendants. It was something that they were going to pass on to. That was a special thing to God for the Hebrew people because He wanted to pass on His message, His standards to the next generation. But Hannah, she didn't have that opportunity. And you start thinking, I want you to look back. Let's get back. I want you to look back at that sacrifice. They did it not only, and I want you, I want, I want you to say, they didn't just do it that time. See, Hannah... Hannah prayed during those times and asked God and God gave her her request but there was sacrifice from the beginning. Your parents have been sacrificing even before you got here. Even before you got here you didn't know every trial they went through every temptation they went through even in their marriage to stay together to make sure they can raise you to make sure they put you in a position where you need to be to get educated to get fed they did all these things and then they said they came to a place where they were at Church of the Living Water and you were born and you were here. At Church of the Living Water, they've learned to discipline you. They've learned to correct you. they learned to instruct you in the things of God. Once again, I advise you, go back and see Friday night service. Because you can see, I guarantee you, God's going to minister to you. Through what they said and how they, how they ministered, things that they brought out, all these things are a result of parents that sacrifice to stay positioned. And then they and see you're going to see something about Samuel throughout all of this. You'll see this statement. And Samuel ministered unto the Lord. Samuel ministered unto the Lord. Samuel grew in the things of God. But you notice something that that the parents Elkanah and Hannah knew from the beginning that Ophni and Phinehas were there at the beginning. When they went to worship, even before Samuel came into play, Ophni and Phinehas were already corrupting things. 
There were already disobedience and rebellion in that midst. And they were going to position their child amongst that. You've got to understand, they didn't see, you've got to understand, it's not necessarily that you're positioning your child around people that are rebellious and, 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 uh, and disobedient. The thing is, you can't avoid it. Because there's people that are going to rebel, there's people that are going to disobey. But your child has to be in a position for you constantly on them. So I want you to go this, because I want you to see the constant work of Hannah and, and uh, Elkanah. Let's go to... Let me see where part of the scriptures that I want to go to. Let's go to verse 12 of chapter 2. Because we're going to talk about the sons of Eli. Because they were in the midst of this. Now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. They knew not the Lord. And the priest's custom with the people was that when any man offered sacrifice, the priest's servant came while the flesh was in seething with a flesh hook of three teeth in his hands and he struck it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot and all that the flesh hook brought up the priest took for himself. So they did in Shiloh unto all Israelites that came thither. Also before they burnt the fat the priest's servant came and said to the man that sacrificed give flesh to roast for the priest for he will not have sodden flesh of thee but raw. And if any man said unto him let them not fail to burn the fat presently and then take as much as thy soul desires, then they would answer him, saying, Nay, but thou shalt give it to me now, and if not, I will take it by force. Wherefore, the sin of the young man was very great before the Lord, for men abhor the offering of the Lord. So they were actually taking advantage of God's people. There was a certain thing that the priests had a right to, but they were doing something that was out of order to God. They were trying to take things by force. They were taking, they were taking things that they shouldn't have taken. They were doing these things. And in verse 18 it says, but Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child, girded with a linen ephod. Moreover, his mother made him a little coat and brought it to him from year to year when she came with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. So her sacrifice didn't stop. Even in the midst, when, child, when that child was born, the Bible says that she visited him year by year. So there had to be three times a year that she visited him. And then these times, she's able to address, they are able to address his commitment to God. Because remember, you've got to understand that when Hannah committed Samuel to God, she says, I committed to him, I'm committing him to you all the days of his life. This is from the beginning. You've got to understand, even the scripture talks about a weaning process. With Hannah, that she had to first wean the son. He had to not be dependent on her. So she couldn't give him to him as a child, baby child. But as you read these commentaries, it says a child usually went at three years old after the weaning process. So this child was there at a very young age. Where it was not, not, not very dependent, when it had to be dependent on the mother's nourishment, dependent on things that the, the parent had to offer them. But they didn't stop being his parents. Even in the midst of that, they continued being the parents that they had to be. You know, so you come to this point in disobedience and rebellion because these are the things that Hophni and Phinehas, I started thinking about this. I want you to go to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 21 because we're going to address this shortly. But I want you to see something. Through all of this, what I'm getting at is as you examine this, you're going to see the sacrifice they made in this. You're going to see the commitment to stay focus to fulfill God's purpose and regardless of the resistance in their midst that they knew from the beginning they maintained their commitment to that child see parents you do have a commitment to your child but the child you've got to understand something this child Samuel 
He didn't stay a child. If you read about Ahli and Phinehas in chapter 3 still, in chapter 2, you start ta- they start talking about how they were laying with the women in the church. They were doing things that they weren't supposed to do. And the scripture, what separates, uh, and, I, and you'll read this passage of scripture, is that the sons of Eli were children of Belial. They knew not the Lord. They were worthless. But if you continue reading in chapter 3, the scripture says that Samuel had, did not yet know the Lord. Neither the voice of God. So what separates these two children? The parents. The correction of the parents. If you notice, God came to Eli. And God told Eli, this is what your children did and you did not. You made your, they made themselves vile and you did not restrain them. You did not correct them. You did not instruct them. You let them do what they wanted to, to do. And you enjoyed the benefits of being priests, but you allowed them to do whatever they wanted to do. You did not do what they, what they were supposed to. Now, it's a different with, how, uh, with, with, with Hannah and Elkanah. Because they visited them year by year. So they had to address things and they knew who was there. So don't tell me they didn't address the things about Hophni and Phinehas and what he had to do because he was directed and committed to God. But his vow, what they committed to him was a Nazarite vow. There were certain things he could not be around. He had to abstain. So I guarantee you he didn't hang around Hophni and Phinehas. I guarantee you he saw it, but he didn't hang with them. And then you examine your parents. How many times have your parents told you that's not for you? Or this friend is not for you. That influence is not for you. That job is not for you. This thing is not for you and you disregard it because you're old enough to make your own decisions. And, and, and the thing about it, I want you to examine the children that were up here on Friday. Those children have been through all of that. Correction, discipline, instruction and righteousness. But the only thing that separates them, and this is where I'm going to go back to visitors, the only thing that separates these children from your children is a place called a church. The church of the living God. A place where they're going to be instructed. And, and I'm going to tell you this. If you don't have a church, this is where you belong. After streaming, after all of this is gone, you need to be here. You need to come. If this thing, if all the things, if you've listened to Sunday morning family life, Sunday morning service, if you listen to Wednesday, if these things have spoken to your heart and said, you know, I need that. You need to come to a place where you're going to be instructed because when you're instructed, you're able to instruct your children. And there's a difference because remember, there's a sacrifice. It, your, your 45 minutes, 30 minutes, to you know, where an hour is nothing compared to the sacrifice that people already made before you. Nothing compared to it. So you've got to examine Do I want God's discipline? And then when we receive God's discipline, this is the thing that ministered to me. And we go to Deuteronomy chapter 21. And we're going to read this and we're going to conclude with this. And I want you to go to Luke chapter 15 also. Just put your ribbon in Luke 15. I'll give you some time. Verse 18 of chapter 21 says, If a man have a stubborn and rebellious son, which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and that when they have chastened him, will not hearken unto them, then shall his father and mother lay hold on him and bring him out unto the elders of his city and unto the gate of his place. And they shall say unto the elders of his city, This our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. And all the men of this city shall stone him with stones that he die. So shalt thou put evil away from among you. And all Israel shall hear and fear. And 
And we made this statement before and it's in my notes also. These things, of course, these things were examples and types of our spiritual reality. How we're supposed to deal. There were examples and types of how we need to deal with our children. And you know, when we're dealing with a stubborn and rebellious child, I want you to go to Luke chapter 15. And I speak to you children. Not necessarily how the, the parent needs to deal with them, but to you children, as you hear and you know, because nobody needs to tell you that you've been stubborn and rebellion. Nobody needs to show you the areas. You know, and I've given you some, some things last week about advice that your parents have given you that you've disregarded it. And you did your own thing. And you live in their home. And you did your own thing. That is rebellion and stubbornness. That is, that is the wrong attitude. And you know, I, I, I'm going to say something, you know, because all of this addresses any disobedience in our life, any stubbornness in our life. It all addresses, we have to have an attitude of how we receive correction. And that attitude is humility. You have to be humble in correction. You know, this scripture talks about killing a child that has been rebellious to stone, but it's all about considering that child dead. Leaving them to their own ways. You know what? You've rejected my counsel. And I love how it says it, that they brought them to the elders of the, of, uh, of the city. It brought them to the... They, they, this is all about the church. See, there's nothing in your life, and I, and, and I know that there's some things in our life that nobody knows about, but those things in our life that nobody knows about, your answer is in the church. Your answer, your, your instruction, you coming to hear them, you're bringing your situation, bringing those things, is like bringing things to the elders of the church. They actually have, the, the Bible says in the, in the book of Isaiah chapter 50, it says, morning by morning you awaken my ear, and it's talking about God's servant, my ear to hear as to learn, that you may have a word and season to speak to those that are weary. Your answer is when you bring your desire, your cares, your struggles to the church. You bring them so that they can actually address them and correct them. I guarantee you, God is going to meet you at the point of your need. And then you might think, well, I have a lot of situations. I start thinking about the parents in these last few minutes. I start thinking about the parents of this ministry that don't have up here. They don't have children in ministry, but there are parents in here. Don't be discouraged. God has not finished dealing with them. God has, because I guarantee you, it doesn't matter where they're at. They're going to come to a place of this. And I love the prodigal. You know, when we start reading about, about the prodigal, it's all about God's love and God's mercy and how God goes after us. But there is something about the prodigal that I wanted to read, and we're going to go to chapter 15 of Luke and verse 11. It says, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided it unto them his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, he sent him, and he sent him into his field to feed swine. And he would have fain filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise, go to my father, and will say it to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, 
had compassion and ran and fell at his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servant, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. It's interesting how he left him to himself but he considered him dead. He was left to himself. He said, you know, you're going to be left to yourself. And you, that, that's exactly, I can't give you details because I don't believe it's right for me to give you details exactly how you need to deal with your parent, with your child. But I guarantee you, if your child is rebellious and stubborn, those childs that are away, God is going to deal with them. But the thing about it, I start looking at just correction and rebellion within the home. Like discipline and correction is what I'm looking at. When you look at discipline and correction, you know, you should come to your parents not with an entitled attitude. Because they've sacrificed. They've actually, put, they've actually done the work to position you where you belong. You should come. If, you have, if you've been disobedient to your parents and have not obeyed them and not have, have not honored it, have not carried that what they say is weighty in your life, if you haven't done that, you shouldn't go to them expecting, you know, I like that. I, none of us are entitled to anything. When you've been disciplined and corrected in your life, and that goes for me, for anyone, we're not entitled to nothing but once again, God's love, God's discipline, and God's correction. And how you receive that, see this son came back to the father humbled. You know what? I need you. I need you. I need what you have. I need what you're saying. And all these things, a child's heart has to be. But it all goes back, and I'm going to finish with this. It all goes back to this. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. This is righteous. This is just. This is upright. This is in accordance with God's compelling standard. You've been brought face to face with God's word, and you have to say, my obedience or disobedience is not necessarily directed to my parents. It's directly to God who gave me the command. And if I'm not obeying, I have to humble myself and go to my parents and repent. And that's, that's, all, that's the bottom line. We just have to come to a point where we're not entitled. We don't feel entitled to nothing. Nobody owes you nothing. All they owe you is the Word of God, the love of God, discipline and correction. That goes for any one of us. And I say that, you know, with a humble heart because those are the things that just were in my heart. But I want to tell you, Church of the Living Water and children, that was awesome on Friday. That was extremely great. You know, it blessed me. It was something that each and every one of them ministered to me. So, you know, I want you to be encouraged that you're in the right place, children. But, you know, those are the things that you have to deal with. You don't know everything. And none of us do. Each and every one of us need discipline and correction. So, you may be dismissed. God bless you all. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.